All right, Shavuot say good morning. Let us begin. Incredible, incredible day today. We are beginning a Meretz Hashem. The last daf of Maseches Psachim. So we left off yesterday of an interesting piece on. Da- so today's daf is Kuf Chaf Aleph One Twenty One. We are going to pick up a Meretz Hashem on daf Kuf Chaf Amud Beis. Begin by thanking our sponsors. To begin, really, by thanking. Um, all of our, I'm sorry, let me just find it. All of our Tamator sponsors, Baruch Hashem for the month of Nisan, to thank Stephen Tarizin for dedicating all the Shirin Drushos this month in the Schuss of the birth of their first grandson, Adin Svi Hachbaum, to thank Benjamin and Elise Wall from Eretz Yisrael for, for dedicating the Shirin Drushos this month in honor of all those who make the shiurim accessible to all those beyond the confines of the base madrash, specifically to thank you to Moshe Abramson and to Jeremy Lassen, to thank Shimi and Batsheva Messing for dedicating all the shiurim drushos this month in honor of the basmits of their daughter, Lila Mazeltov, and to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the shiurim drushos this month in memory of Paul's parents, Shmuel ben Zechariah, Leah Bas Avram, and his great-grandmother, Cyril Bas Rabdov. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Meshin Chavi Abramson, for dedicating Perak Arve Psochim as a Zechus for the Fushlema for Daniel Mayer Ben Chana. Listen, we thank all of our sponsors in the Zechus of our Talmud Torah, all those who require Refuah, Shavon together with Kol Chol Yisrael. And the Neshama Shav and Aliyah, the families in Nechama, and Amir Sashem Mishra Abizocha, to see the beautiful life cycle events of our children, Bishat Tova Umetzlachas. Well, so with that, let us begin. A lot, a lot to do today. Well, actually, not that much to do today, but we'll make it into a lot to do today, Amir Sashem. So, so we are picking up, today's daf is Kuf Chaf Aleph 121. We are picking up on Kuf Chaf Amad Bey's 120B, Amar Rava. So, we'll say, the, we are picking up two, four, six, seven lines up from the bottom. Amar Rava. I will say, so remember again, we spent a significant amount of time yesterday focusing on the nature of the, the nature of the mitzvah of matzah and marer bismanazeh. What's the nature of that mitzvah? So Rava says, Rava says as follows, if you eat matzah, in this time, then ultimately again, I'm sorry, if you eat matzah contemporarily, eat matzah after midnight, you're not yotze your mitzvah. Now, remember again, Machlokis Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Loza ben Azariah about the consumption of carbon Pesach, right? When can you eat carbon Pesach until? Rabbi Loza, we saw this in yesterday's daf as well. Rabbi Loza ben Azariah says you can eat it until chatzos. Remember again, little chazara, why does he say until chatzos? Why? Excellent. Gzeri Shava, come on, we'll say. Gzeri Shava, Zezeh. Right? Remember again, Gzeri Shava between Makas Bechoros and Matzah. Makas Bechoros happened at Chatzos. So ultimately, again, consumption of Matzah happens at, by Chatzos. Rabbi Akiva says, no, it's until dawn. Why dawn? Chipazon. Chipazon, right? Again, just like Pesach was consumed by Chipazon, Ad Shas Chipazon. So the Gemara Surah comes along and says that if you eat Matzah, Bismanazeh. If you, we're going to have to start giving Bechinas and Dafyomi, because it works. It works for Smichas Chavar. So we're going to start with Dafyomi as well. So I'll say, so, so interesting enough, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, according to Sarah, says, according to Elizabeth Azario, if you go ahead and you eat matzah bismanazah after chatzos, according to Elizabeth Azario, you're not Yotzei. Because again, remember, that's the connection between Pesach and between matzah, to which the Gemara says, Peshitta. Okay, I, it's obvious. 
Kevin de Iskishla Pesach, Kepesach dummy. Let's say obviously that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Halacha Lemaisa, since matzah is compared to carbon Pesach, therefore Halacha Lemaisa, it's like Pesach. So he says, Malu, what would you have thought? Ha'afke kra mehekesha. Rabbi, remember again in yesterday's daf, we went through a very um, a back and forth limud by matzah, right? Remember what happened with matzah? We had Shiva Yamim Tocha Matzahs, right? Right, seven days eat matzah. Then we had another pasuk, right? Remember what was the other pasuk? Sheishes Yamim Tocha Matzahs Ubeshvi Atzeres Lashem Alokecha. Six days eat matzah, seven days eat yamtiv. So remember again, what do we learn from that pasuk? That really, just like matzah is a rishos on the seventh day, it's a rishos on all the previous six days. So then again, but then again, I have, but then again, remember, I also said then, the of Tochlu Matzus, which again, once again, said that on the first night, Pesach, excuse me, on the first night, on the first night, Masah is a of Daraisa. So the Gemara says, I might have thought that because of all of the back and forth of the Psukim, that maybe Matzah was removed from this comparison to Karben Pesach, to which the Gemara says, Ha'afke Kra Mehekesha, the Pasuk went ahead and removed it from the comparison. Therefore, the Gemara says, well, see, if you take a look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says, five lines are from the bottom. Therefore, remember again, just to fill in the blanks over here, remember, we start out with which links matzah, which links matzah to carbon pesach. But remember, then once I have that pasuk of sheishes yamim tocha matzos, remember from that pasuk it turns out that matzah is a rishus, that matzah is optional, which again makes it sound like even on the first night. If that's the case, then it removes it removes matzah from the matzah pesach comparison. However, the gemara then says once the pasuk says ba'erev tochlu matzos and reestablishes the mitzvah of matzah on the first night of pesach, it puts it back into the comparison with carbon Pesach. And therefore, again, coming full circle, therefore, therefore coming full circle, that Allah matzah must be consumed before chatzos on the night of Pesach. So, say, so again, we have two things that come out of here. First of all, a little bit of a review of the drushes, right? So remember again, interestingly enough, on one hand, matzah begins as a doraisa linked to carbon Pesach. Right, that's how this begins. Then there's like another pasuk that kind of sets matzah as its own independent obligation over seven days. Then there's a third pasuk that goes ahead and makes matzah a rishus, right? The entire yomtiv. Then there's a fourth pasuk baref tochlu matzos that makes matzah that makes matzah a chi of daraisa on the first night. Now what the gemara is saying is once we reestablish that matzah is a biblical obligation on the first night, what else does that do? It returns matzah to the matzah Pesach comparison as well. And therefore, again, Rabbi Laza ben Azariah will say, oh, once matzah is returned to the matzah Pesach comparison, then just like, just like Pesach has to be consumed by chatzos, so to what? So to what? Matzah has to be consumed by chatzos as well. Incredible. Well, say, it's, it's a shayla. I know what you're thinking. It, it's, it's a shayla. Well, at first you're thinking, when are we bringing coffee back to the shir? <laughs> right? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I've asked multiple times. I've asked multiple times, but okay. So, so, so again, so 
you're asking why such a convoluted limud? It, it's a good kasha. It's a good kasha because again, it's I, I don't know like another place. Not not that I'm so well versed in this, but it, it's hard to see like another place where you have such a four psukim, such a convoluted string of drushas to kind of bring you back to the original place. Again, it's a kasha. I'll try to look into it a little bit more. All right, so we'll say second anyway. That's the alkar nabozav and azayah. Mans has to be consumed on by chatzos. And we'll say this is indeed the halacha lemaisa for us as well. This is a very important halacha. We know this. Well, in Simon Tafayin Zayin, Shulchan Aruch writes as follows: Tafayin Zayin Halacha Aleph La'Acher Gimar Kol Ha'Seuda. After we finish the entire Seuda, Och L'Mimasa Shmur Tachas Hamapa Kizayis Kol Echad Zeicha LePesach and Echal Asovas. At the end of the meal, we Tafi Kolin. Right, this is what the Shulchan Aruch is referring to over here. We take the piece of matzah that has been hidden underneath the cloth, because you must remember again, we take we take the afikomen, right? We do yachats, we break the middle matzah, we take the larger half, we wrap it up, right? For the afikomen, you have to wrap up the afikomen. The briskerov explains that the reason we wrap, why do we wrap up the afikomen? Both is quite beautiful. The briskerov says, the briskerov says because. The afikomen is to is 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 a remez or is a is a zecher to the carbon pesach. Carbonos require shmira. You can't have hesachadas. There can't be a lapse of awareness. Lapse of awareness by carbonos often invalidates them. The act of wrapping up the afikoman is an act of shimor, is an act of guarding there in order to prevent hesachadas, lapse of awareness. Quite beautiful. So we mamish treat that piece of matzah like a sacrificial item. So therefore, Allah Maisa, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that we go ahead and we, we take the piece of matzah that was underneath the, that was underneath the cloth, we eat a kezayis of it, zecha lepesach hanecha al hasova. Okay, to remember the current pesach, v'yochlenu be'a seibavlo, yivarecha lavkod, v'yizoyer la'ochlo kodem chatzos. So Allah Maisa, Shekhanach says, and one should be careful to eat the matzah before chatzos. So we'll say, this is the halacha, eat the afikomen before chatzos. So we'll say, so again, taken from our Gemara right here. Now I'll just quote you over here. The Mishtabura says, why do we have to eat it before chatzos? Since the afikomen corresponds to the carbon pesach, you have to try to eat it in the same timing as the pesach. And again, apparently, now, apparently, we paskin like Rabbi Lazar ben Azari. That's how the Ramah adapts as well. That historically, the Quran Pesach was eaten until midnight. Even though Rabbi Akiva says you keep it until dawn, we adapt the position of Rabbi Lazar ben Azari. Quran Pesach can only be consumed until midnight. Therefore, we eat the afikomen until midnight as well. And I will say, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the, the Mishnah has a whole discussion over here. Listen to this. He writes over here. He writes over here. The, the need to eat matzah before chatzos is incredibly important. Not just the afikomen, but all the required kazesim of matzah need to be consumed before chatzos. To the point that the Mishnah says something very interesting. Let's say for some reason your seder was delayed. Your seder was delayed. And ultimately, again, you don't get your, 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 your mamish, like it's almost chatzos, and you haven't started yet. Listen to what the Mishnah Bruce says to do. Make Kiddush, drink the first cup. And we'll say, what should you do immediately after making Kiddush? Eat your matzah. Eat your matzah. Right? Eat your matzah. 
Take if kodim chazos. Rabbi is actually very interesting. What else has to be consumed before chazos? What else? Marr. We don't think about this often, right? But it makes perfect sense because remember again, marr also, remember, marr by itself is a tat. There is no really marr by itself. I mean, we have it today, midrabon, as we saw in yesterday's tap, but marr is really tethered to Karman Pesach. Karman Pesach has to be done by Chatzos. So everything really has to be done by Chatzos. So here you see the Mishtabura saying that if for some reason your Savior was delayed and you're starting close to Chatzos, make Kiddush. Eat your matzah and marah first. We do that first in order to get those number four. And then after you make your Kiddush, eat your matzah, eat your mar, then say your Haggadah, and then eat your su'uda afterwards. And we'll say, now what's unique about this? What's fascinating about this? We just got finished yesterday talking about the last thing you're going to eat is your afikoman. Yet, interestingly enough, there appears to be an extenuating circumstance where you would eat after your afikoman. What's that case? That case where your seder got delayed until much later, where you have to get in your matzah before chatzos, but you weren't able to get in your meal. In that situation, you would go and eat later on. Quite fast. Well, so I'll just end off with one piece over here in this Mishnah because this is so beautiful. He says over here, you know, we don't make a bracha on Afikoman. There's no separate bracha. And the reason Mishnah says is because it's just a remembrance. It's Zecher to the carbon Pesach. So there's no special bracha on it. But he says something so beautiful. Let's listen to this. Kasav Shla, he quotes over here the Shla who says as follows. Ra'isi mibnei aliyah shahayu menashkin so the Shlah says, I've seen some B'nai Aliyah. Let's say, who are B'nai Aliyah? B'nai Aliyah, all of us are hopefully B'nai Aliyah. B'nai Aliyah are people who want more out of life, people who want to be more, people who want to live more, people who want to accomplish more, people who are always looking for spiritual growth. And the Shlah says, I've seen these B'nai Aliyah, they kiss the Matzah and the Mar. They kiss oh, your own, your own, right? 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 They, they, they kiss, they kiss the matzah and the marr before they eat it. They kiss it. And he says, I've seen these same people that when they walk into the sukkah, they kiss the sukkah as well. And then when they walk out of the sukkah, they kiss the sukkah as well. It's like, isn't it interesting that what does it mean to be a ben aliyah? So what does it mean? It means to learn Torah eight hours a day. Well, most of us don't have that luxury and that ability to learn Torah eight hours a day. B'nai Aliyah is someone who loves to be a servant of the Riban Olam, and someone who allows that love to come out in such a pure, yet simple way. To kiss a matzah, I've heard of kissing a matzah, right? To kiss a matzah because Henry Mukhulam was woman Kai Mitzvah Sasei. I have the opportunity to serve the Riban Olam, to go out and relive that which happened to my people. What a, what a schus, what a privilege, what an incredible opportunity. The B'nai Aliyah, they kiss the matzah, they even kiss the murder, they kiss the sukkah. That's the B'nai Aliyah. <laughs> so Apparently the B'nai Aliyah kiss everything, right? If it doesn't move, they kiss it, right? So it's, 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 the idea, the, they kiss the mitzvahs. They kiss the mitzvahs. Like, because every single mitzvah is such an incredible opportunity to serve the Riban Shalom. So the Shlah says, I've seen these B'nai Aliyah. And they kiss the mitzvahs. All right, Rebos, let's go right there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Pigel van Nosar, So remember again, we go on. So the Mishnah then said, Pigel and Nosar, Go ahead and make the hands tame. So the Gemara says as follows. So also remember again, we know what pigle and nosar are. So remember, pigle means if a coin has an invalidating machshava, right? The coin has in mind to go ahead and let's say consume the carbon at a prohibited time or offer the carbon up in a prohibited time. Nosar is any carbonos that are left over past their prescribed time. So the, the Mishnah said that pigle and nosar are metameyadang, which means if a coin handles them, he has Thomas Adan. I will say, this is Midir Abanon. 
This is Midi Rabbanon. Says the Gimara, Rafuna of Ravchista, Chad Amar Mishum Chashade Kuhuna, Vichad Amar Mishum Atzle Kuhuna. So both say, listen to this. So Rafuna and Ravchista both interpreted this. One opinion said, because of Kohanim who are suspect, and one opinion said, because of Kohanim, ultimately who are lazy. Now, we'll say, now what does this mean? So we're going to see over here that, that they each apply to different things. One said that the sheer of sacrificial matter to convey Toma to the hands of the Kohen is a Kizayis. Olive's volume. And one said a Kibetza, the volume of an egg. And in fact, as we're going to see, there's no machlokis. They're actually referring to two different things. So we'll say one is referring ultimately to pigol, and one is referring to nosar. What is this? You know, we'll say, let's analyze. So we'll say, listen to this. So remember, interestingly enough, what we have over here, are, you see, the Mishnah kind of lumped them together. What the Gemara is explaining over here is there are actually two different gezeras. Gezera number one is that halacha lamaisa, nosar, conveys Tumah to the hands of the Kohen. So if there's leftover sacrificial matter, right? Meaning karbanos, right? Sacrificial meat. Leftover past this prescribed time and a Kohen goes ahead and handles that, the Kohen's hands become tummy. It's a rabbinic Tumah, a lower form of Tumah, but Tumah nevertheless. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two is if a Kohen handles pigul, Kohen handles pigul, now remember again, how does a carbon become pigul? That's, that's in the mind of the Kohen. The Kohen had an erroneous mindset or an erroneous machshava during some part of the Avodah. So two different halachas. What the Gemara now is saying is two different halachas legislated for two different reasons. The reason why Chazal mandit Tania Pegel Mishum Chashade Kuhuna. The reason why Chazal legislated Tuma on Pegel was why? Because there were Kohanim who were suspect to purposely mess up Karbanos. Then I both say, if you're a Kohen, why would you mess up a Karban? Why would you mess up a Karban? It's very simple. If a guy's coming, right? Ruvain the Israel is coming to offer up a Karban. And you don't like Ruvain. Because Ruvain's just a bad guy and he's harmed you and he's hurt you and you're a Kohen. Now you're in like a shtickle position of power. Because why? Because again, you, you could essentially invalidate his carbon. And what's the great part? What's the great part? He'll never even know. Right? Till so you've messed him over. You've messed him over and he'll never even know. He'll never even be able to go ahead and trace it back to you. So Chazal were concerned that there might be some vindictive kohanim. And therefore again, Chazal said, well, if you do that, it's true. You're adversely impacting Ruvain, but you're also adversely impacting yourself. Because now you're Tomei. And as a result of your Tomei, the coin is going to be precluded from doing certain things. So in general, we assume most normal people will only try to harm someone else if they don't harm themselves in, you know, in the process. Sometimes people are a little bit you know, crazy and they're willing to go ahead and and be a bit more kamikaze in their approach and harm someone even to their own detriment. But again, in general, you can't legislate against craziness. That, that's a general rule in every legal system. So again, assuming that a coin will only be vindictive if it's not going to hurt himself, Chazal figured once he becomes tummy, he's not going to want to do this. Look at the Rashbam for just a moment. Mishum chashade kuhuna. So once Pigel makes the Kohen Tame, the Kohen is not going to want to do this. It's not worth it. Because as much as he would like to go ahead and harm Ruvain, he's going to end up harming himself in this process. So therefore, again, that's Mishum. That's Mishum. So Pigel 
is Mishum Chashadekuna. Back to the Gemara. Mandatani Anosar. And the opinion that said that Nosar conveys Tuma to the Adaim. Ultimately, again, is Mishum Atzle Kahuna. Ultimately, again, is because, is because of Kohanim who are lazy. There was, you know, what's the Pshat? This one is a bit more self-explanatory. Look at the Rashpah, Mishum Atzle Kahuna. Shelo Yis Atzlu Ba'achila V'hu Adil because we'll say, remember again, what, when does something become no sir? If it's left over past this prescribed time. So therefore, again, that could just be a function of laziness. So in order to go ahead and be mizaris the kohanim, to take care of whatever they have to take care of sacrificially in the appropriate time, so ultimately Chazal legislated tumor. We'll remember again, Tuma is the Kohen's worst nightmare. Because remember again, a Kohen, a Kohen was often supported by Matnos Kahuna, right? Different Kohanic gifts. Those Kohanic gifts had to be consumed in a state of ritual purity. So if you become impure, it's not just a pshat that it's like an inconvenience. It's really, it's really a difficulty. It's really a difficulty. And, and it could also impact you. It could also impact you financially. Because the Kohen might have in his home items that require ritual purity for consumption, which means now if he becomes Tameh, he's got to go purchase Chulim. So therefore, again, these two things were legislated for two different reasons. So therefore, both of the Gemara suggesting over here is Chazal legislated Tumah for Pigol because of Kohanim who were suspect to mess over other people, Chashadei Kuna, and they legislated Tumah Anosar because of Atzlai Kuna, Kohanim who were lazy. So the Gemara says as follows, Chadamar Kezayis Chadamar So similarly again, one opinion said that it's the amount of a Kezayis that conveys Tumah, and the other opinion said it's the amount of a Kebet. So that's also not a Machlokas. Well, it is a Machlokas. The Gemara says, Mandamar Kezayis Ki... Isuro umando amar kibetsa kitum also. But also, here's what's something very interesting. In the realm of isurim, an isra'chila is almost always what's the shear for an isra'chila for something that's prohibited to eat? The shear? A kezayis. Right? You have exceptions to this, like on Yom Kippur, but Lamais in general, whenever we speak about an isra'chila, it's always a kezayis. Toma, I will say again, the minimum shear for an item to convey toma is. Kibetza, uh, right? The, the, the volume of an egg. So interestingly enough, the machlokis over here is how much sacrificial matter conveys tumah. Is it a kezayis or is it a kibetza? Ultimately, again, that machlokis is, do you look at this as an isra or do you look at this as an isra tumah? Because we also remember again, both pegel and nosar, you're not allowed to eat. So on one hand, it's isra If it's an isra then the shear ultimately should, could be, should be kibetza. But on the other hand, you're telling me now that it conveys tumah. Well, if it's tumah, then halacha lamaisa again, it should be a kibetza. So both say, so that last piece is a machlokas. But it turns out that in fact, there are two pieces of legislation over here. One that halacha lamaisa nosar conveys tumah. That's because of atzlei kuna, the lazy kohanim, and or the the, the, the the less diligent kohanim. And ultimately, again, that that pigo conveys tumah. That's mishum chashadei kuna. Incredible. Both say mishnah. Beirach bechas hapesach. Pater es shel zebach. I said, interesting halacha. If you make the bracha on the carbon pesach, so this is talking about obviously bizman hamikdash. So what the Mishnah is introducing me is something fascinating, which is apparently when you ate karbanos, when you ate karbanos, there were brachas that were made over a carbon, which is really quite fascinating. We'll see what they are in just a moment. But the Mishnah says, if you make a bracha on the pesach, you exempt the carbon chagiga, right? Pater es shel zebach then you exempt the accompanying carbon chagigah. Because we also remember again, as we spoke about many times, with the exception of a year like this, 
when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, when you offered up your carbon Pesach, you would also be offering up a carbon Chagiga. That Chagiga would be the mainstay of your meal. That's the main course. And Pesach, remember again, was Ne'achal al Hasoba. Pesach ultimately again was consumed for dessert, right? For dessert. So therefore, again, you would have two different brachas. One on the carbon Pesach, one on the Zach, one on the Chagiga. We'll see what the brachas are in just a moment. So the Mishnah says, if you make a bracha on the Pesach, that takes care of the bracha on the Zevach, on the Chagiga. Beirach es shal Zevach. However, if you make a bracha on the Chagiga, lo pater es shal Pesach. Ultimately, again, it does not exempt the carbon Pesach. So both say, this is the position of Rabbi Yishmael. So Rabbi Yishmael says the bracha on the Pesach could exempt the Chagiga, but the bracha on the Chagiga does not exempt the Pesach. Take a look at the Rashban for just a moment. Berchas Pesach or Berchas Zevach. This is really quite beautiful. Mefarish Petosefta Bizvachim. Eze Berchas HaPesach. Baruch HaTo Hashem Elokinim Elech Olam. Asher Kiddushanam Mitzosav Vitzivanu. Le'achol ha-Pesach. We should be zochemir Hashem to make that bracha with shame or malchus this year. So we'll say, so that's the bracha on carbon Pesach. Eizui birchas ha-Zevach. What's the bracha on a regular carbon? Baruch ato Hashem alokinu melech olam. Asher kidisharam zosav yitzivanu. Le'achol ha-Zevach. That's the bracha. Right, thank you Hashem. Right, for Hashem, you are the master of the universe who commanded us to eat this carbon, this offering. Fahain Zevach. And this zevach, this carbon that we're referring to, it's the carbon chagiga. It's carbon chagiga. Now, interestingly enough, the Rashbam here quotes Inami nedarim unedava shikriv erev haPesach vaochlon vaochlon belele haPesach. So, it's actually interesting. The Rashbam adds in over here. Maybe it could also be nedarim and nedavas. See, I remember again. Bepashtos, a person made vows over the course of the year. So you don't necessarily run to the base HaMikdash every single time you make a neder or a nedava. Bepashtos, you would fulfill your nedarma nedavas when you would be Ola Regel. So the Rashbam adds in over here, it's also quite possible that you'd be offering up your nedarma and your nedavas on Erev Pesach and consuming those as well as part of your Yom Tev meal. Again, this whole nedarma nedavas piece becomes a little bit of a machlokas, which we're not going to get into. Let's just go into simple reading right now. That I have two karbanos that I'm making a bracha over the Pesach and the Chagiga. And normally I'd be making two brachas. One on the Pesach, right? The Shem Shem Zivano, what was it? Pesach, and then a second bracha, Le'echol HaZevach. Which Rabbi Shmuel says is once you make a bracha of Le'echol HaPesach, that includes Le'echol HaZevach. However, if for some reason you made the bracha of Le'echol HaZevach first, you would not, that would not include Le'echol HaPesach. So the Gibeah Kunana Klum Klarum Pesach. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, no, lo zupal teres, lo zupal terezu, for lo zupal terezu. Rabbi Akiva holds no, halacha l'maisa, neither includes the other. Rabbi Akiva says they're separate independent brachas. The Pesach can't exempt the Zevach, and the Zevach can't exempt the Pesach. You must make two distinct brachas. To which the Gemara says something very interesting. Says the Gemara something very interesting. Cheshatim Salomar, the Divi Rabbi Shmuel, Zrika Bechlal Shvicha, so the Gemara makes an interesting observation. The Gemara says, you see from here that according to Rabbi Shmuel, Zrika, there are two different ways that we do blood applications on the Mizbeach. There's Zrika, which literally means again to, to throw or to sprinkle is really the better, the better term for it. And Shvicha, which is pouring. Two different types of blood applications. So the Gemara says, you see that according to Rabbi Shmuel, Zrika is included in Shvicha, which means 
that technically speaking, if you were to take blood that was supposed to be sprinkled, and instead you poured it, you would be yodse. But the reverse is not true. If you were to take blood that's supposed to be poured, and you sprinkled it, that you would not be yodse. Now, both say, now where does the Gemara glean this from? Take a look at the Rashbam. It's really very interesting. Rashbam says, first, first Rashbam in the Gemara, Gemara, Haki Garcia, Shtim Slomar, Divir Rabbi Shmal, Srika Bechal Shvicha, Loshicha Bechal Zrika, Bemeseches Zvachim, Perak Be Shamai, Sham Ina Le Rabbi Shmal, the Amar Bepesach, the Pesach Beshvicha, below Bezrika. So, Rabbi Shmal is of the opinion that the blood application, the blood application, of the carbon Pesach is done b'shvicha. The blood is poured by the Mizbech or by the corner of the Mizbech and not sprinkled. It's poured. The sign of Bishmal Omer, Mitok Shinamar Ach Bachar Labmadnu, Le Bachar Shatan Matanove, Moral God Mizbech, Maiser, and that's fine. So let's say, let me, let me tell you the rest of this outside. So the Gemara says something very interesting. The fact that Rabbi Shmal holds that Halacha Lamaisa, the Bracha on Pesach, could go ahead and patter the Bracha on the Chagiga. Tells that to a certain degree, Chagiga is subsumed under Pesach, which then tells you, Rabbi Shmuel says, on a blood application level, the same is true as well. The blood of Pesach is poured. The blood of the Chagiga would only be sprinkled. So the same way that the bracha of Pesach could exempt the bracha on Chagiga, so too, again, if you were to do the type of blood application for the Chagiga that you were supposed to do for the Pesach, that would work as well. So although the Chagiga is supposed to be sprinkled, if you poured the blood of the Chagiga, that would work. Why? Because again, Rabbi Shmuel, the formulation is Zrika Bichlal Shvicha. That ultimately, again, sprinkling is included in pouring. But remember, again, the converse is not true. Because going to Rabbi Shmuel, if you made a bracha on the Chagiga, that would not exempt the Pesach. So too, if you were to sprinkle the blood of the Pesach instead of going in and pouring it, that would not work. The David Rabbi Akiva, but according to Rabbi Akiva, lo shvicha bechlal zvika for those zvika bechlal shvicha. But according to Rabbi Akiva, the halacha is shvicha is not bechlal zvika. Zvika is not bechlal shvicha. There are two different processes, and ultimately, again, each carbon must have its own blood application done in its own unique way. So we'll say, I'll just point out over here because this kind of concludes this particular sugya. The Rambam paskins like Rabbi Akiva, namely that halacha lemaisa on the seder night, you would have to go ahead and make a separate bracha, both on your Chagiga as well as on your Pesach. Now, I will say, practically speaking, it makes sense that the halacha follows Rabbi Akiva. Why? Why? Just on a basic practical level. Remember, I will say, how often is Rabbi Shmuel's case going to come up? Remember, what's Rabbi Shmuel's case? Your bracha on your Pesach is pattering your, 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 uh, your Zerach, your Chagiga. I will say, what does that presuppose? That you're eating your Pesach before your Chagiga. So let's say, remember again, we just saw before the only, we just saw this halacha. The only time that would ever come up is how? If for some reason you're running late, right? If for some reason you're running late. Remember again, I will say, if every Pesach falls on Shabbos like it does this year, you wouldn't have a Chagiga, right? You wouldn't have a Chagiga because remember again, you can't offer up anything other than Pesach on Shabbos. So the only potential possibility that that would come up is some reason you're running late. So the mindset of the practicality of the Bracha on Pesach exempting Chagiga 
would have to be some type of extenuating circumstance. So Bepashos, the normal order of a Pesach night was you were eating your Chagiga first, and then you're going to have your Pesach. Sahaloch again, remember, no one holds, no one holds that the Bracha and Chagiga could part of the Pesach. So therefore, Aloch Alamaisa, the Raman Paskins like Rabbi Akiva, you make a separate Bracha on both of your Kabbalahs. You eat your Chagiga, Bracha Tashan Akirim Achamashak Shem Savasivanu, Lechal Asazevach, and then Aloch Alamaisa, Bracha Tashan Akirim Achamacholam, Asher Kidisham Savasivanu, if nothing else, isn't it great to know the bracha that we're going to say on Karim Pesach? That's all. Raisa Halavayv Mashiach comes and everything happens in a whirlwind, especially the week before Pesach. So again, you're going to know what bracha to say on Karim Pesach. It's incredible. We'll say Amid Beis, last daf of Mesechas Psachim. So the Gemara says as follows. We'll say a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. Rabbi Smaloi, Rabbi Smaloi, Ikla Lepidjon Abed. Rabbi Smaloi went. To a pigeon event. So we're going to see why exactly this Gemara is here at the end. So Rabbi went to a pigeon event. Boy, mine. So they asked from him the following kasha. Pshita a pigeon event. Asher kiddusham esosav v'tzivano a pigeon event. So what's that? Goes without saying. There are a pigeon event. We make a bracha. What's the bracha? Asher kiddusham esosav v'tzivano a pigeon event. That's that's the bracha. Bircha samitzvah. Remember again, we redeem a firstborn child. After 30 days, again, that's the bracha. So the Gemara says, Now ultimately, again, we know who makes the bracha of Asher Who makes the bracha? The father, right? Because remember again, the obligation to redeem one's son is a mitzvah on the father. However, listen to this. Baruch Listen to this interesting shayla. But remember, we make a shachianu, right? The same way you make a shachianu on any infrequent mitzvah, right? Any mitzvah that occurs only mizman lizman from time to time, you go and you make a you make a shachianu. So I will say, what's the shayla? Who makes the shachianu on the pidyon aben? Who makes it? On one hand, do we say as follows? The gemara says Does the kohen make the bracha? Or does or does the father of the boy make the bracha? So, so let's analyze this. Kohen, the Kohen mevarich, thikamati hanaliyadei. So do we say on one hand maybe the Kohen should make the bracha because he's getting the benefit? And we'll say what does it mean he's getting the benefit? Remember again what happens at a pidyon aben where we put the baby, we take the baby in front of the Kohen and we say to the Kohen, listen, here's the deal: the baby is yours. Do you want the baby or do you want to go ahead and redeem the baby, transferring the sanctity of the baby onto the coins? And the coins will be yours. So the mice, either way the coin, either way the coin benefits. Either he's got a baby or he's got money. Either way it's a good day. And so, so again, so, so the mice, do we say that because the coin gets the benefit, therefore he should make the shachiano? Oh, avia ben mevarich, dika'avid mitzvah. Or maybe the father should make the bracha because he's the mitzvah. So I'll say, what's interesting about this is as follows. The shayla is, is the shachiano on the benefit accrued? Or is the Shekhyanu on the mitzvah? So you will say, obviously, the bracha of Asheg Shom Sosavit Zivanu, Al Pidyon Aben, ultimately, again, is a Birchas HaMitzvah. That, that, that's clear. So, of course, the father is going to make that bracha because he's performing the mitzvah. The Shaila is the Shekhyanu. Is that on the Hana, the benefit that's being accrued, in which case the benefit is being accrued to the Kohen? Or is the Shekhyanu ultimately on the mitzvah as well? In which case, again, it's the father who's performing the mitzvah. To which the Gemara said, so remember, remember again, 
this question. This is Rabbi Smaloy went to Apidyon Aben, and when he was there, they asked from him the following question. Who makes the Shekhyano? Rabbi Smaloy didn't know the answer. So he went to ask in the base Medrash. They said to him, They said to him, The father of the baby makes both brachas. The bracha of Apidyon Aben, and ultimately again, the bracha of Shachiyonu as well. Because we'll say again, the way the Gemara is essentially passing is that the Shachiyonu is on the mitzvah as well. It's not on the benefit which accrues. The Hilchasa and the Halacha is Avi Haben Mevarech Shtem. So we'll say the Halacha, as the Gemara says, the Halacha is that the father makes two brachas. So we'll say if you take a look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam is a very interesting. Rabbi, Rabbi Smaloy, Ikla, see the Rashbam, it's, it's right under the Gemara. Mishum Da'ari Mas Nitsin. So we'll say, before we get to this Rashbam, actually. So here the Gemara ends off, and I will say, this is indeed Allah Chalamaisa, that the Avi Haben makes two brachas. He makes the bracha of Ape Yonaben, and he makes the bracha ultimately on Shekhyonah. There's an interesting discussion in the post scheme, I will say, about why can't you just have two Shekhyonahs, right? Why can't you just have the father make a Shekhyonah on the mitzvah, and the coin make a bracha, a Shekhyonah, on the benefit which accrues? So we'll discuss that in Mir a little bit more at the Siyum. I will say, but I want to point something out. This, this last cash that we have in this Masechta is why is this here, right? What, what, a, what a dramatic departure, right? We just, we just got with the Mishnah. We're speaking about the brachos ultimately again on Pesach and on Chagiga. Why is this here now? So the Rashbam addresses this. The Rashbam says, Rabbi Smaloy, Iklo, Mishum da'ari masnisin b'shnemine brachos ba'adam echad, umaysa echad hataloi zebazeh, kegon Pesach uzebach, so we'll say, interesting enough, Rashbam says, it's a very simple connection. What's the connection? What were we just dealing with before? Two brachas. That's all. The connection is two brachas, two brachas. We're dealing with two brachas. Bracha on Pesach, bracha on Chagiga. So, so to we're dealing with two brachas. Bracha on Aben and Shechiyah. But we'll say, I'll share with you something absolutely beautiful. The, the, the Pnei Menachem, the Pnei Menachem says something incredible. I'm sorry, the Sas Emes. I'm sorry, the Sas Emes says something incredibly beautiful. The Sas Emes says, why, does, why is it that Meseches Psachim ends with a discussion regarding Pedion Abenet? Listen to his words. He says, Dine Chazal, Amru Chazal, Shekala Mitzvos Shebene Yisrael Osim, Osagama Kadosh So we have, we have a, we have a clown. And the Chazal say that whatever Mitzvos we have, the Rebono Sha'odon performs the same mitzvah. Performs the same mitzvah. So for example, the Gemara says, we wear tefillin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears tefillin. Right? Every mitzvah that we do, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does it as well. So ask the Sfas Ames, what about Pidyon Aben? So we go ahead and we do Pidyon Aben, right? We redeem our firstborn son. So how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do Pidyon Aben? Well, so listen to how beautiful this is. Um mitzvah's Pidyon Aben, Mekayim HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bazeh, Sheyifta es b'nei Yisrael mehatsaros v'hagavos. Dixiv b'ni b'chori Yisrael. So it says this Hashem is so beautifully. Just like the Rebbeim Shol, just like we do Pidyon Aben, Chadash Baruch Hu does Pidyon Aben. Who's the firstborn child of the Rebbeim Shalolam? B'ni b'chori Yisrael. Klal Yisrael. And whenever HaKadosh Baruch Hu redeems us from our suffering and redeems us from our difficulties, redeems us from our challenges, that is when the Ribbono Shal Olam does Pidyon Aben. And the Sfas Emes says, V'zeu haremez shebesiyum meseches psachim hakshura liyitziyas mitzrayim. Rebbe say, when was the first act of Pidyon Aben? HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been po'da us many, many times throughout our national history. 
When was the first Pidyon Aben that HaKadosh Baruch ever performed for us? Yitzias Mitzrayim. That was the first Pidyon Haben. So beautifully that we end off Meseches Pesachim, right? We end off the Mesechta that talks all about Pesach with the din of Pidyon Aben, because we recognize that the same way we perform the Mitzvah of Pidyon Aben, HaKadosh Baruch Hu performs the Mitzvah of Pidyon Aben. He also redeems his firstborn. B'ni B'chori Yisrael, he's redeemed us. And when was the first Pidyon Aben? ever performed by the Rebbeinu Shalom, Yitzias Mitzrayim. And we hope that just as the Rebbeinu Shalom did Pinyon Aben many thousands of years ago by taking us out of Egypt, that Emir Tzashem, there will be another Pinyon Aben, an even greater Pinyon Aben, the Pinyon Aben of the Mashiach, the Pinyon Aben ultimately of B'nai B'chari Yisrael with the Geula, the Pinyon Aben of going back to Eretz Yisrael, the Pinyon Aben of the Bayi Shlishi, and Emir Tzashem should all occur Mehera B'yameinu. Amen. I will say, I just want to give everyone an incredible, incredible mazel tov on finishing Meseches Pesachim. I will say, an incredible accomplishment, an incredible, overwhelming accomplishment. A few things. Number one, if you haven't made your reservation for the Siyum, please do so. It's going to be beautiful. The weather is going to be great. It's going to be a magnificent evening of celebration of our incredible accomplishment. We'll say incredible yashikach to everyone, to the chevra on Zoom. A great schus to learn with all of you. But I hope that those of you who are able to come back to the base medrash, it's time to come back to the base medrash. I know it's convenient. I know it's nice. But again, those of you who can't, of course, continue. But those of you who can, we're ready to welcome you back. Those of you who will come every morning to the base medrash, we'll say it's an incredible schus to be able to learn with all of you, and incredible schus to continue to shtay. You know what we've seen throughout this last year, it's hard to believe that we're more than a year now into this pandemic. And the one thing, the one thing that has never ceased has been the daf. The one thing that has never taken a break, the one thing that has never been furloughed, right? The one thing that has never gone on hiatus has been our Tamatora. Day after day after day after day. There is a vaccine, there's not a vaccine, right? Six feet, three feet, three masks, four masks, seven masks, whatever it is, doesn't make a difference. The daft doesn't change. The daft doesn't change. Because that's what it means to be Amal Batora. No matter what's happening, I show up, it's me, it's my Gemara, it's a beautiful Halik Chevra, in person, online, all of us learning together. And I will say, just, I, and I hope you take the time to give yourself an incredible Yashakoach as well. Because again, for me, Baruch Hashem, it's a, I get to show up here, this is, this is my day job, Baruch Hashem. I, I have the easy part in all of this. For you, you have to go to your day job after this, right? After waking up in the wee hours of the morning, where you're not sure if it's morning or if it's night, to plug away in the Ribbono Sha'olam's Torah, to be exhausted come the end of the day because you started your day so early. It's all of you who get the incredible Yashikach. All of you, for me, this is not Messias Nefesh. For me, this is, this, is, this is my job. This is what I have to do. But for all of you, you get the credit for the Messias Nefesh. You get the credit for the Amelos Batora. You get the credit for starting your day Bikidusha and in the schus of the incredible Mesiras Navish of this Chevra, again, both the ones who are here and the ones who are online, in Mirat Hashem, we should truly be Zohar to that Pedion Aben. We should truly be Zohar that in Mirat Hashem, when we get to the Seder, I'm so tired of eating the Afikoman. That's Zechal Akarman Pesach. So done. Zechar is so last year, right? So last year. We're done with the Zechar. We're done with the Afikoman. Halavai, we should be Zochad. In the Schus of our Amelos, in the Schus of our learning, in the Schus of this beautiful Chevra, that we should be Zochad to hold our peace of Karman Pesach and say, Borachat Hashem, looking to Melech Olam. Asher Kiddushom, Sazab, Zivano, Lech, Olas, Pesach. 
We should be zochem yerushalayim to do it with all of our entire mishpacha, with all of Klal Yisrael. But no matter where we are, here in Yerush Hashem b'Shatom in Yerushalayim, one thing is clear: is that we will continue to learn together in Yerush Hashem for many years to come. Tomorrow we begin Shkalim. Mazel Tov on Shkalim Yerush Hashem. Let's say incredible new start, the new journey. Ah.